Well, this is a little song that was written by Robert Johnson. It's a song about uh, selling your soul to the devil to become uh, famous. And uh, it's called Me and the Devil. In any sword and sandal fantasy film or television show, there is always a mention about the old gods, the elders, the ones people deified in what is invariably a dark period in whichever world you happen to be entrenched. Take Game of Thrones, for example. Then there is a period of enlightenment and new gods emerge. These gods are benevolent, bountiful, warm. Robert Johnson is the old god. Sitting astride the pantheon of American folklore, mythology, and Delta music. Let's be clear. All American music is black music, and it finds its mystical powers from the voodoo swamps of the American Delta. It's 35,000 square miles from southern Illinois to the Gulf of Mexico, 219 counties in seven states in northeastern Louisiana, western Mississippi, and southeastern Arkansas, mile after mile of rich, black, alluvial soil stretched out long and slow before the eye. This is the soil of American music, gospel, jazz, R&B, country, and the blues, the capital B blues, grown in this soil. Now this is not exactly privileged information, but this shit just ain't for everybody. As Hank Williams is to country, as Charlie Parker is to jazz, Robert Johnson is to the blues. If the Blues did indeed have a baby and they called it rock and roll, Robert Johnson is the great-great-granddaddy of it all. And if he is indeed our great-great-granddaddy, it's important to note that all families suffer and exalt in equal measure in their own canon and mythology. Robert Johnson died in Greenwood, Mississippi in 1938. He was 27 and as such became the charter member of the famed 27 Club. Now as the legend goes, he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads of old U.S. highways 61 and 49 in Mississippi and thus launched the mythology. He was a relatively mediocre talent until that night. After, he was the greatest blues guitar slinger in all the land, if you believe in that sort of thing. Everything about the man swirls in a mystery of southern gospel and mystique whiskey and the looming specter of death. Robert precedes the proverbial square one. He does not arrive fully formed from the miasma of American slave chants, sharecropper laments, and juke joint jams. Rather... He goes through a sort of Delta version of the hero arc, but his beginnings? There's no redemption down there, little chance for escape, 
and certainly no packed arenas of fans chanting your name, but anyone who ever rose to fame with a guitar strapped to their body knows Robert Johnson's name. They speak it with the same reverence Catholics reserve for St. Peter or Mother Mary. Getting beyond the mythology takes some doing, but fortunately for us, Robert wasn't just some Faustian deal. The man could write, and the man could play. He could really fucking play. Any guitar player, any guitar player, even the rookies will tell you it takes extraordinary skill to play lead and rhythm at the same time. Robert did, on every song. The man sat in a room and played that way over 29 songs, 41 if you count alternate takes. These 29 cuts of meat serve as the bedrock for the blues as we know it, and consequently, rock and roll. He was two players at once, Magic and Bird in the same person. He found a way to incorporate his driving rhythms in the lower strings with melodic figures on the higher strings. His recordings were all intentionally sped up when first released, so a definitive analysis of his tunings and capo positions is nearly impossible. He recorded only twice in his life. The first, San Antonio, November 23rd through the 25th, 1936, in room 414 of the Gunter Hotel. The second, in Dallas, in a makeshift studio at the Vitagraph, now Warner Brothers building, at 508 Park Avenue, on June 29th and 20th, 1937. Come on in my kitchen, Walking Blues, the magnificent sweet home Chicago, I believe I'll dust my broom, the ethereal rambling on my mind, hellhound on my trail, and the Mount Rushmore demon of Crossroad Blues are all on these recordings and all are essential texts in the blues and rock canon. But it takes a different lens to view this in the proper context. As a traveling performer, who played mostly on street corners, juke joints, and Saturday night dances, Johnson had little commercial success or public recognition in his lifetime. In fact, he was barely known for decades after his 38 death. But the 29 songs Robert Johnson recorded in 36 and 37 became wholly writ to guitarists from Keith Richards to Eric Clapton to Bobby Dylan to early Fleetwood Mac thanks to a 1961 release called King of the Delta Blues Singers. The album rescued Robert from the dustbins of the dead and saved him from obscurity. The musicians who stumbled upon his record by chance or by fate were dazzled by the way he made a guitar sound like an ensemble. Slide and rhythm parts yelping in dialogue, riffs emerging from the mist. Dylan remembers playing King of the Delta Blues Singers for a group of reporters. The vibrations from the loudspeaker made my hair stand up. The stabbing sounds could almost break a window. The legend becomes truth. This is the West, sir. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. It wasn't always this way. Robert was apparently a serviceable, 
harmonica player, but an embarrassingly bad guitarist. That's according to Sun House, himself a legend of the Delta. About this time, 1930 or thereabouts, Robert packed up and left to Martinsville near his home of Hazelhurst. This is all Mississippi, of course. I mean, <laughs> where else? He found a mentor in Isaiah Ike Zimmerman, who was also rumored to have discovered a supernatural playing technique by visiting graveyards in the wee small hours of the morning. Along the way, Robert played extensively with Willie Brown, Robert Lockwood Jr., and Honey Boy Edwards. When Robert next appeared in cities and towns as a walking itinerant musician, he was said to have been possessed with extraordinary talent and skill. Sun House attributed this ability to a deal with Mephistopheles. <laughs> you know, the devil. Robert died on August 16th, 1938, of unknown causes. His death was not reported publicly, he just disappeared from the record, and it was not until almost 30 years later when Gail Dean Wardlow, a Mississippi-based musicologist researching Johnson's life, found his death certificate, which listed only the date and location with no official cause of death. No formal autopsy was done. He was a dead black man found by the side of the road near a farm in Mississippi in 1938. However, 30 years of local legend and oral tradition had, like the rest of his life story, built a legend which has filled in gaps in the scant historical record. Several differing accounts have described the events preceding his death. Johnson had apparently been playing for a few weeks at a country dance in a town about 15 miles from Greenwood. According to one theory, Johnson was murdered by the jealous husband of a woman with whom he had flirted. <laughs> Never heard that story before. According to Sonny Boy Williamson, himself a Delta Blues legend, Johnson had been flirting with a married woman and she gave him a bottle of whiskey poisoned by her husband. When Johnson took the bottle... Williamson knocked it out of his hand, admonishing him to never drink from a bottle that he had not personally seen opened. This is sound life advice. Johnson replied, don't ever knock a bottle out of my hand. Soon after, he was offered another bottle and accepted it. This is unsound life advice. Johnson is reported to have begun feeling ill the evening after and had to be helped back to his room in the early morning hours. Over the next three days, his condition steadily worsened. Some eyewitnesses said he was on all fours, howling and barking like some hellhound. Witnesses reported that he died in a convulsive state of severe pain. The musicologist Mac McCormick claimed to have tracked down the man who murdered Johnson and to have obtained a confession from him in a personal interview, but he declined to reveal the man's name. Of course he declined. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. According to iconic film director Martin Scorsese, the thing about Robert Johnson was that he only existed on his records. He was pure legend. In keeping with his legend, Robert has three grave sites 
He's buried at Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church near Morgan City. Columbia Records, back in the 80s or 90s, bought him an obelisk engraved with the names of all of his songs and put it near his grave. There's a small marker in the Payne Chapel Cemetery near Quinto, Mississippi. The Atlanta rock group Tombstone, can't make that up, donated it. And finally, on Money Road, north of Greenwood, underneath a big pecan tree in the Little Zion Church Cemetery. Sony Music placed a marker there. You can believe what you choose to believe. Maybe Robert just learned a thing or two with great tutelage. Maybe he sold his soul to the devil himself or the trickster god of African origin, Legba, himself associated with Crossroads. Or maybe, like the musicologist Alan Lomax, you dismiss all of this. Quote, In fact, every blues fiddler, banjo picker, harp blower, piano strummer, and guitar framer was, in the opinion of both himself and his peers, a child of the devil, a consequence of the black view of the European dance embrace as sinful in the extreme. It turns out white European Christians still frown on the blues and sex. Sadly for them, the blues and fucking go hand in hand. The men don't know, but the little girls understand. In 1990, Spin Magazine rated Robert first in its list of 35 guitar gods on the 52nd anniversary of his death. In 2003, Rolling Stone ranked him fifth on their list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time in 2010guitar.com ranked him ninth in its list of top 50 guitarists of all time, 72 years after his death. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a list, the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Sweet Home Chicago, Hellhound on My Trail, Love in Vain, and Crossroad Blues are all on that list. And here we are, nearly 110 years after his birth. Robert remains the emotional apex of a genre of music whose family tree is the largest in music. He gave us 29 songs of heartache, of night driving, of reflection, and solitude of early mornings and late, late nights. Robert Johnson, the plaintive old god of American music. For the Ear Candy Update, I'm Jason Thompson. Take it easy, and if it's easy, take it twice.
want to be my woman until I get satisfied. She said, you don't see why that you would dog me round. I bet you know you ain't doing me right, don't you? She said, you don't see why that you would dog me round. It must be that old evil spirit so deep down in the ground. You may be my body on the highway side. Babe, I don't care where you be my body when I'm dead and gone. You may be my body. This is your ear ear candy candy It's Women's History Month, and the Ear Candy Update is going to celebrate and party with a massive two-part episode here on the tail end of Women's History Month. I'm doing this for all the women in my life, for my spectacular daughter with her green hair, who is much, much smarter than I am. For my sister, who is fearless in all of her pursuits and teaches elementary school. For my gorgeous gypsy pirate girlfriend, for my mother and aunts. For Misty, my sea mama, and her daughter Cody, who just got accepted to be a PhD in psychology. For all the women in my life who made me a better person, for teaching me, for guiding me, for literally saving my life. And to the women who made this music. In a letter dated March 31st, 1776, future First Lady Abigail Adams wrote to her husband John, in part, I long to hear that you have declared an independency. And, by the way, in the new code of laws, which I suppose it will be necessary for you to make, I desire you would remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. So, in 1777, responding in kind, all states passed laws which took away the woman's right to vote. It's not what Abigail had in mind. Flash forward, 198 years. An androgynous poet stepped up to a microphone, and on the first line of her first song on her first record, she crushed it so far that it literally altered the trajectory of women in rock and roll, of women in music, of women in general. I am overwhelmed. What happened, what was said, is the greatest, bar none, opening line in the history of American punk music. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. 
Women's History Month began in 1978 in California as Women's History Week, which makes sense. You know, one week, it's about 25% of a month. The next song I'm going to play comes from 1968. At the same time in the UK, women sewing machinists at the Ford Motor Company's Dagenham plant in London said, fuck it, walked out. As products dwindled, production came to a halt, a strike was on, and it led directly to the Equal Pay Act of 1970. Over in the tiny-ass nation of Liechtenstein in 68, two referendums were held. The first, and the one that matters here, is that on July 4th, Liechtenstein held a vote about women's suffrage. It was rejected overall by a vote of 54.5% against. But here's what's funny. The vote was held and counted separately with men voting 60.2 against and women voting at 49.5 against and 50.5 for. A second referendum on women's suffrage was held in 1971, three years later, in which only men were allowed to vote. It also resulted in a no vote. It's supposed to get a little bit more progressive. You're supposed to include, not exclude. Liechtenstein had it all backwards for a while. They would become the last European state to allow women the vote until 1984, when they finally allowed it by a vote of 51.9% in favor. That's it, just 1.29%. I documented 68 in thorough detail on that specific episode of my show, but for completion's sake, I'll mention some crucial things. Aretha Franklin released Lady Soul, featuring Chain of Fools. The Supremes released Reflections, and we'll get to that later on. Joni Mitchell, Dolly Parton, Joan Baez, The Jefferson Airplane, and Laura Nero all released albums, but the song, the one song that came up from the deep recesses of the earth itself came from the chest label, and it came from the chest of Etta James. Yeah. 
With the magnificent Brittany Howard on guitar, lead vocals, and serving as the band's principal songwriter, Brittany No Shit was raised in a junkyard, which once burned down as the result of a lightning strike. That's a blues song right there. Hell, that's a whole blues album. Speaking of the blues, let's take a deep, deep exploration right this minute. Let us jam to a woman of whom the ethnomusicologist Alan Lomax once said she was on fire to teach America. In my heart, I call her the mother courage of American black traditions, Bessie Jones. Way down sometime, below the law, sometime sometime mother law. Sometime let's get on board. Sometime I wanna ball that jack. Sometime I tell my honey come back. Sometime I wanna rap that jack. 
Sometimes I get a hump in my back. Sometimes I'm going over here. Sometimes I'm going to get my pal. Sometimes way down yon. Sometimes below the law. Sometimes blue frog married. Sometimes to his mother-in-law. Sometimes let's get on board. Sometimes I'm going to ball that jack. Sometimes I tell my honey come back. Sometimes I want to rap that jack. Sometimes I get a hump in my back. Sometimes I'm going over here. Sometimes I'm going to get in my path. Ooh, Lord, ain't my trouble so hard. Ooh, Lord, ain't my trouble so hard. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Went down the hill the other day. Soul got happy and stayed all day. Oh, Lord, I'm trouble so hard. Oh, Lord, I'm trouble so hard. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Oh, Lord, I'm trouble so hard. Ooh, love my trouble so high. Went in the room, didn't stay long. Looked on the bed and my brother was dead. Ooh, love my trouble so high. Ooh, love my trouble so high. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Ooh, Lord, I'm trouble so hard. Ooh, Lord, I'm trouble so hard. Vera Hall, Trouble So Hard. Recorded in 1937. 1937. A voice so pure it cuts through 75 years of surface noise and bullshit coming directly to us from her home in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Again, from Alan Lomax. Her singing is like a deep-voiced shepherd's flute, mellow and pure in tone. The sound comes from deep within her from a source of gold and light. It is a liquid, full contralto, rich in low overtones, but it can leap directly into falsetto and play there as effortlessly as a bird in the wind. And here's the exact opposite of that. From London, 1979, The Slits. Your plans to make me blue With some other good 
should be seen and not heard, but I think Up Yours by X-Ray Specs with the immortal plasticine dream polystyrene on lead vocals with what she described as a call for liberation. It was saying, bondage? Forget it. 
I'm not going to be bound by the laws of consumerism or bound by my own senses. It has that line in it, chain smoke, chain gang, I consume you all. You are tied to these activities for someone else's profit. Polystyrene there with some sense. Bella, that one is for you. Once again, from 1979, and while London was making a glorious almighty racket, the United Nations General Assembly in New York was making one too. The Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women was an international treaty adopted that same year. Jesus Christ, that was a mouthful. The Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. Okay. Not much, that was, that was a mouthful. Not much uh, as an acronym either. CEDAW? We could have done better. We could have done better, which is essentially the weakest apology men offer when they've been accused of sexual assault. We could have done better. CEDAW <sighs> is essentially an international bill of rights for women. It's been ratified by 189 countries around the globe, but not the United States or Palau, though we did sign it. The Vatican, Iran, Somalia, Sudan, and Tonga couldn't care less about it, which is a great list to be on. Iran, Somalia, Sudan. It's like the Axis powers for countries who are pro-sexual assault. Boys, girls, women, the Vatican doesn't give a shit about you unless you can shoot sperm. In 1993, former Pixies bassist Kim Deal, having previously released some music with her acclaimed side project The Breeders, made like the Avengers and reassembled her group in San Francisco. The result would be the platinum-crushing album The Last Splash, featuring this masterpiece inspired by the Marquis de Sade and the impending breakup of the Pixies.
from the nearly universally acclaimed album Exile in Guyville comes Fuck and Run by Liz Fair, also in 1993. The album was intended to be a track-by-track response to the Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street, and while it doesn't quite hit that exact pace, it is its own thing, gleefully profane and controversial. Liz Fair never accepted the crown as the figurehead indie singer-songwriter queen, but that album remains one of the finest of the last 30 years. And now we have she of 14 Grammys and Country Music Hall of Famer from Birmingham, Alabama, Emmy Lou Harris. I think I'm going to let Dave handle the introductions on this one. Our next guests are uh, three great, great singers who have collaborated on uh, this wonderful CD right here. It's called Trio 2, and it's the follow-up to the Grammy Award-winning album they made over a decade ago. Ladies and gentlemen, here they are, Emmylou Harris, Linda Ronstadt, and Dolly Parton. Kids. 
Angel of the Morning by Seattle farm girl Marilee Rush. And now from 1963, the indelibly defiant, You Don't Own Me. You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me Don't say I can't go with other boys And don't tell me what to do Don't tell me what to say And please, when I go out with you Don't put me on display Cause you don't own me Change me in any way You don't own me Don't tie me down Cause I'd never stay
song. Oh, recorded by Leslie Gore when she was just 17. 17, y'all. Became an inspiration for young women and an anthem in the second wave of feminism, which broadened the national conversation to finally include sexuality, family, the workplace, reproductive rights, de facto inequalities, and actual legal inequalities. It also raised the issue of domestic violence and marital rape and brought about changes in custody laws and divorce law. In June of 63, Congress passed the Equal Pay Act and JFK signed it into law, making it illegal to pay men and women working in the same place different salaries for similar work. 58 years later, analyzing the most recent Census Bureau data, women of all races earned on average just 82 cents for every $1 earned by men of all races. This calculation is the ratio of median annual earnings for women working full-time year-round to those of their male counterparts, and it translates to a gender wage gap of about 18 cents. The wage gap is larger for most women of color. Asian women top the chart at 87 cents. Then white women come in second with 79 cents. Black women make about 63 cents for every white male dollar. American Indian women make 57 cents and Hispanic and Latina women make a whopping 55 cents for every white male dollar. This means that women lose out on more than 500 billion, billion with a fucking B, each year because of the wage gap. As individuals, women tend to lose on average about 406 grand in a lifetime. What can you do about it? Tell Congress it's time to pass both Paycheck Fairness Acts and the Pregnant Worker Fairness Act. Do that and do not fuck with Lucinda Williams.
behind and the pretenders because if i am sure of anything it is this if you ever fucked over either lucinda williams or chrissy hind or any of their friends you'd come home to find all your shit on the front lawn on fire now that was 1979 and change the locks comes to us from 1988 
which is the same year then-President Reagan signed Women's History Month into law. And I quote, The Congress, by Senate Joint Resolution 262, has designated the month of March 1988 as Women's History Month and authorized and requested the President to issue a proclamation in observance of this event. Now, therefore, I, Ronald Reagan, President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim March 1988 as Women's History Month. I call upon all Americans to observe this month with appropriate ceremonies and activities. And women everywhere had the same question on their minds as the Shirelles did in 1960. Oh, my. 
Take Your Praise, from 1975 by the glowing Camille Yarbrough. Yarbrough stated that the song was written for, quote, all the people who had come through the black civil rights movement, who had stood up for truth and righteousness and justice, because human beings need to praise and respect one another more than they do. The track came off her debut record, Iron Pot Cooker, which without question played a role in Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Further, Spin Magazine said Nana Camille is, without a doubt, a hip-hop foremother. Before that, the first all-black girl group to reach number one on the U.S. pop charts, The Shirelles, featuring Shirley Owens on lead. She was just 19 at the time that single hit the charts. The group's influence had a profound effect on the women at Motown and down in Memphis at Stax Volt. The Shirelles were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, class of 1996. I mentioned it just a moment ago, and it would be a shame to forego it. Lauren Hill. Girls, you know you 
work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive is wet and yet It's your primitive is wet and yet If you got a big, let me search it. To find out how hard I gotta work yeah. It's your primitive is wet and yet It's your primitive is wet and yet I like to get to know ya so I can show ya. Put a hurtin' on ya like I told ya. Give me all your numbers so I can phone ya. Your girl actin' stank, then call me over. Not on the bed, lay me on your sofa. Call before you come, I need to shave my cha cha. You do what you don't, or you will, I won't cha. Go downtown and eat it like a vulture. See my hips, big hips, so cha. See my butt, then my lips don't cha. Lost a few pounds in my waist, go ya. This the kind of beat that go ra ta ta. Ra ta 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 ta. Sex me so good, I say blah blah blah. Work it, I need a glass of water. Boy, oh boy, it's good to know ya. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. If you got a big, let me search ya. To find out how hard I gotta work ya. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. If you a fly gal, get your nails done. Get a pedicure, get your hair did. Boy, lift it up, let's make a toaster. Let's get drunk, it's gonna bring us closer. Don't I look like a Holly Berry poster? See the Belvedere playing tricks on ya. Girlfriend wanna be like me, never. You won't find a trick that's even better. I make it hot as Las Vegas weather. Listen up close while I take it backwards. Okay, begins the galaxy in me, which I I'm not a prostitute, but I can give you what you want. I love your braids and your mouth full of phones. You love the way my butt, boom, 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 boom. Keep your eyes on my boom, boom, boom. You think you can handle this, ka don't 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 Take my thumb off and my tail go boom Cut the lights on so you see what I can do Is it worth it? Let me work it I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it It's your primitive, it's wet and yet It's your primitive, it's wet and yet If you got a big, let me search it To find out how hard I gotta work yeah. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet It's your primitive, it's wet and yet Type of boys, black, white, Puerto Rican, Chinese boys. Wine, thang, 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 thang. Wine, thang, 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 thang. Girls, girls, get that cash. If it's 95, we're shaking your ass. Ain't no shame, ladies, do your thing. Just make sure you ahead of the game. You know, Mrs. Still super duper, but Prince couldn't get me change my name. Pa pa, Kuta can't tell you slave again. No sa. Picture black saying, Oh yes, I'm Massa. No, got a Lamborghini so I drive faster. Whoa. Just to make your haters even freaking matter. Admit I'm the shit name, one new batter. When I drop this record here, you won't even matter. Why you act dumb like good dog? Say you act dumb like good dog. As the drummer boy go brr up pum pum, give you some 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 of this cinnabon. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my Dang down, flip it and reverse it. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. If you got a big, let me search it. To find out how hard I gotta work yeah. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. It's your primitive, it's wet and yet. song that turned the tables on male rappers taking charge of the sex game Work It by the inimitable Missy Elliott. 
As we talk more as a nation about cancel culture than we ever have before, and we're concerned with wet-ass pussy more than we've ever been, it's important to note that Work It, Wet-Ass Pussy, and the next song I'm going to play all feature something that our Looney Tune friend Pepe Le Pew didn't have. Consent. I find it profoundly interesting that online, there's a whole sector of men constantly clamoring about not all men while shaking their fists at their glowing phones and bemoaning women taking charge of their bodies. And while it's obviously true, no, not all men are misogynists, all those same men will say to their young daughters, yes, honey, all men. As this is part one of a two-part ear candy update, I'll save the rest for the next episode. In the meanwhile, here's MIA with Bad Girls. I'm Jason Thompson. Take it easy. And if it's easy, take it twice. Can I take you? Get back. 